Mora conducts physician-led support groups, helping people live healthier, happier lives, free from chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, and obesity. And on our podcast, Health and Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus, we bring to you nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests to empower and inspire you with their knowledge and stories of plant-based lifestyle so that you can be your healthiest self. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and I'm excited to introduce Dr. Matthew Negra. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Very good. And so you're meeting us from or joining us from the our neighbor up north in Canada. So how how's everything going up there? good uh it was raining a lot until about a week ago and now it's been sunny every day so that's good oh very nice it's hitting hundreds here so i'm, I'm, a, I'm hurting <laughs> a little bit <laughs> um so excellent so you're a naturopathic doctor but you have a, a story that led you to this path and i i always love to hear the stories of you know of our medical professionals and what made them choose to serve others in like this healing profession so could you share that with me please yeah. Um, so when I was younger, I definitely had, you know, a few health issues. Um, I had issues with weight, asthma, allergies uh, that were you know, terrible through the, the spring and that. Um, and when I was about 14, I actually had a pretty significant uh, asthma attack as well. Um, I remember I was, I mean, it's a little hazy at this point, but um, they put me on oxygen for like half an hour. didn't really, or improve things temporarily, got worse again, couldn't breathe. They put me back on it. It was it was a whole thing. Um, wow. and, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, that was, um, and, and I love my family doctor. Um, uh, he was, he was always so great. He'd always squeeze us in if we ever needed anything. He, uh, he was really good at just like listening and, um, and, you know, even now, um, I've moved away, so I, I'm not seeing him at this time, but, uh, you know, my family goes to see him. He's always asking about me and stuff. He's just, he's one of those people that just, we had a really good relationship with. And so that, you know, in, in a sense, kind of got me interested in, in maybe wanting to pursue that sort of a path as well. Um, but moving forward a little bit from when I had that issue when I was 14, um, shortly thereafter, maybe, uh, you know, a year or so later, I started working with a personal trainer as I was starting to play football. So I played soccer, I'd done martial arts, and I'd done a little bit of everything, but I was getting into football there, and I wanted to increase my speed and that. And he really pushed this idea of, a more plant-based diet, wow. um, which is, yeah, not super common. He's just big, bulky, you know, muscular guy who's pushing uh, more of, you know, eat, eat your uh, eat your nuts and seeds and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, and, you know, after being hesitant for, for quite some time, especially when he was telling me to like ditch dairy and all, all this, um, he wanted me to record everything that I ate for a period of a couple of weeks. And so when he wanted me to do that food diary, um, I kind of got worried that he was going to see my diet and see how bad it was because it was not good. And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to, for these couple of weeks, I'm going to eat according to his plan. I'm just going to kind of cheat the system a little bit. I didn't lie. I didn't lie about what I ate. I just changed what I was eating for that period of time. And I started feeling better. I noticed, you know, I was losing weight in those couple of weeks. Uh, it seemed like even my breathing was getting better, whether that's, you know, due to the weight loss and that too. I mean, I'm sure there are multiple factors there. And um, I thought, wow, like, you know, these guys actually onto something. And um, from then on, I kind of stuck with it. And I just kept learning more and more and more about it uh, over the next couple of years until eventually I, I decided to dive in, you know, 100% plant-based. I have been now for over 11 years. And, and that's kind of around when I started university. Um, so that's what got me interested in nutrition. So I had the, the you know, as I was talking about with, 
medicine, my, my doctor kind of being interested in that sort of a path. But now I'm like, I also want to help people with nutrition and, and you know, uh, trying to possibly improve their health that way. Um, and I actually had one of my instructors in university recommend that I shadow um, their naturopathic doctor. And there was actually a couple, a husband and a wife, um, who practiced very differently. So that also kind of opened me to the idea of like, well, there's actually a much broader scope here than what I might have thought. I feel like that's still an issue here a bit in that people don't really know what we can do or what's within the scope. Like, for example, here in BC, I can prescribe medications. That's, you know, we aren't like anti-medicine as, as people tend to think. Like, we have that in our toolkit for sure. Um, and <clears throat> from then on, I just, um, you know, I went, I did a student for a day at the school, spoke with current students, spoke with other naturopathic doctors, and, and eventually thought, like, if I really want to want to have sort of that primary care type of, of practice, but also have this heavy emphasis on nutrition and lifestyle, I think that this is a, a pretty good fit for me. So mm. um, I was maybe a little bit long-winded, but that's kind of the story right there. Um, no, no, that's great. So can you give us a little bit better, uh, clearer definition of a naturopathic doc versus a regular allopathic physician like an MD? Yeah, so the, it's it's challenging because there's a bit of like rebranding and that kind of going on around it, particularly here in BC. And it's also different depending on where you are. So um, the scope will vary. Here in BC, we have one of the broadest scopes uh, that you're going to see. So um, at the end of the day, what, what we are, we are essentially primary care physicians who have a focus on diet and lifestyle. It is, it's not unlike lifestyle medicine. Um, mm. which has kind of become that subspecialty in the medical field. I would say it's very much like that. Now, within the naturopathic scope, there are things I would say that aren't very well supported by evidence either. Um, I stay away from those things. And, and we are seeing seeing some sort of advancements as far as like, um, you know, cracking down on people who are maybe promoting practices that aren't supported and that kind of thing, um, as far as the regulatory bodies go. Um, but as far as how I practice, it is very much that lifestyle medicine focus. And I'd say um, as a broad overview, that's probably the best sort of way to look at what naturopathic medicine can be. Gotcha. So what is the required training education? So you go to, well, and like in the United States, I went to medical school, went to well, college, four years, medical school, four years, and a three-year residency to become an MD, family medicine uh, resident. So what does that path look like for someone who may be interested in, in pursuing a similar path? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, similar to with medicine, you uh, need to go into undergraduate studies, get all the prerequisites, you need at least three years of training. Uh, pretty much everybody I know who's gotten into the program had four years, had a degree at, at the very least. Some of them had advanced degrees. Um, and then uh, as far as prereqs, they're pretty much the same as, as with medicine. You, your chem, bio, you know, microbioanatomy, all of that. Uh, and then you have four years of the naturopathic training, whereas in the first two years, it's largely those basic sciences, clinical diagnoses, um, you know, clinical skills, that kind of thing. The latter two years, you start to blend that with more clinical practice. Um, obviously, the fourth year, very heavily on the, the clinical practice. And actually, one of the cool things here um, was we had sort of satellite clinics around. So we had, um, you know, clinics that were focused uh, that you could travel to Vancouver Island and, and practice there on weekends with like a family practice. And then uh, we had downtown Vancouver here, um, uh, sort of HIV focused uh, clinic. Um, so you're just helping uh, that population with, with whatever it is that they're coming in with. So um, yeah, it, we did get that kind of, you know, nice exposure as well. Awesome. So then as far as looking for um, 
any advancements in like you're saying you're focused in on the nutrition and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel like that? I don't know if you're familiar with the regular MD training because we lack that dramatically. Mm-hmm. What is what are they training? Are they saying a plant-based diet primarily? Are they just saying more whole foods? Like what does that look like? What do they what do they teach you in the nutrition and lifestyle medicine? Because honestly, I feel like allopathic training could learn from, you know, incorporating some of the things that you're describing. Yeah. So with the nutrition side, um, we do spend a lot of time, I'd say maybe even a little too much time on, on, you know, X food is a good source of X nutrient. These are the nutrient requirements that, which is important to know. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but I think it was very heavy on that, at least for the first, you know, term or or first couple terms even. Uh, but beyond that, when it gets into actual, um, you know, kind of clinical nutrition, uh, nutrition for prevention of disease for, you know, aiding in the treatment of disease, you know, by and large, it, it does boil, boil down to a mostly plant-based diet. I, I would say very Mediterranean diet focused as far as our training. We do learn about, you know, the Ornish diet and, mm-hmm. and all of that as well. Um, and, and like from that standpoint, I'd say it's actually quite good. Like our nutrition training is, is fairly good. There are a few things I would change, but, but uh, overall, I, I'm pretty happy with that. Cool. And so what has been your experience now as you've ventured out into the world as an ND? Um, any patient stories you like to share or where you feel things should get better? Like, I'm curious, how has been your experience in your professional life? Yeah, well, actually, funny enough, um, I, I'm relatively new to practice compared to, to a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the, the older colleagues. Um, I started practice really six months maybe before the everything got shut down oh, you know, no. in, in 2020 I started I started around mid to 2019 oh, um wow. so you know I started going and then all of a sudden I'm doing telemedicine and so it's been wow. you know it's been a bit of a, a bump that way but uh, as far as like patient stories I, I think I have quite a few of them I, I have some you know, dramatic reductions in you know blood pressure for some individuals who have you know very high you know 160, 170, 180, as far as systolic. Um, I've seen uh, great reductions in uh, cholesterol. I actually had one person drop a full uh, millimole per liter, which in milligrams per deciliter, I'm not sure what that is for LDL cholesterol. I, I don't know the conversion. It's huge. Like, it does huge. convert. Yeah, there is yeah. an interesting conversion. Yeah, I don't know yeah. it off the yeah, top it, of Yeah, but, but like that reduction is, is uh, incredible. But that was someone who went from from sort of a keto style, high saturated fat diet, they were at risk, you know, doctors mm. want to put them on statins, which I actually recommend. I was like, Hey, you're so high that this, this is a good way to go. But he wanted to try diet first. So, um, so we did the portfolio diet, you know, heavy mm. plant-based, very low saturated fat. And we had this just dramatic reduction. So that was really cool um, mm. to see. And, and then I also, I, I tend to get a lot of um, you know, parents who are wanting to raise their kids on a plant-based diet, who want to make mm. sure that they're doing it appropriately. And Really the funny thing about that, and I'm always kind of reinforcing this with those patients, is that those people who are coming to see me to make sure that everything is, is in check, they're the ones who are doing it the best. You know, they mm-hmm. already are. Uh, there's not a lot to change a lot of times. So I'm always super, super impressed with those you know, people who are coming in just to make sure everything's going well um, you know, and be proactive because they've clearly already done their research. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, those are the, those are the easiest patients because they've already, <laughs> yeah. they've already drunk the Kool-Aid, so to speak, you know, the, the green juice. <laughs> yeah. um, those are fun. Excellent. So then have you transitioned more fully to seeing people in person now that things have gotten a little bit better? 
Um, yeah, I, I'd say I'm seeing people mostly in person at this point. Uh, I still offer telemedicine. I actually like doing that just because, um, you know, if someone's not right here in Vancouver, like I'm registered throughout British Columbia. So I can see people mm. who are maybe on Vancouver Island, which is where I'm actually from, or, um, you know, elsewhere where uh, we can't do in-person visits, obviously depending on what they're seeing me for. If I need to do physical exams and whatnot, it's not going to work. Uh, but if it's just um, some basic nutrition counseling, like I, I definitely like doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Vancouver Island is one of my favorite places. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Clapper is one of his favorite places too. He was telling yes, me. yes. Love Vancouver, <laughs> Vancouver Island, all of that. Um, and then as far as looking forward, where do you see is like, do you feel like Vancouver is fairly progressive or Canada in general is, you know, accepting of these type of nutritional recommendations or where do you see your challenges or, or positive things yeah. coming? Yeah, I think Vancouver is very progressive in that sense. Um, it just seems to be exploding here, um, whether it be a new restaurant literally popping up every week. It's, it's like crazy here. Um, I have this list of all the ones I need to check as they keep coming out <laughs> and I just can't, I can't keep up. So that's one thing I'm definitely seeing it. Um, so I, I'm, uh, I'm involved with animal rights as well here. Um, so we'll do some like demonstrations or, or I'll speak with the public sometimes about those issues. Uh, and I'm always impressed with how many people are, are already on board or trying to make those changes and maybe they just need a little assistance. And um, So uh, obviously anecdotal, but from that standpoint, I, I'd say it's definitely moving forward. In the kind of central Canada, not too sure. Um, I feel like they'd be a little more hesitant once you get into like Alberta and Saskatchewan and that. It's, it's big you know, farming communities and that as well. Um, but then you get out east. I, I've heard that Ontario is great. I'm, I haven't been there in a while, but uh, I've heard they're doing a lot uh, there. And, and actually, I'm hoping to go out there next year uh, for the big planted expo. So we'll, we'll see if that happens and, uh, and get to see what the, the vegan community is like over there. Cool. So tell me a little bit about your interest in um, the animal ethics component of this. How, did that develop? Uh, just how, how did that develop? Because I feel like yeah. that's a very common thing that occurs. You go plant-based and you're like, yeah. I can't unsee what I've just learned, you know? Yeah, it, it's interesting because I found that when I was younger, I didn't care. You know, I, I, it wasn't until I started eating this way and realized that you know, it's actually really easy. It's good for me. You know, I feel better that, okay, maybe, maybe I can allow this in and I'll allow myself mm -hmm. to be exposed to this sort of thing and, and really think about it. So, um, and, and I think that might be a sort of roadblock for a lot of people. I, I find that mm -hmm. a lot of times when I do have those conversations with the public, one of the things is, oh, well, you know, I need it for, I need to eat meat for this, that, or, you know, another reason. Um, but once that is gone, once that excuse is, is gone altogether, um, then maybe you can actually sit down and think about these other things. You know, environment is another one on top of the animal rights. So um, it, it developed over time, I'd say within the first couple of years of me um, moving towards that plant-based diet. And it was the exact same personal trainer who told me to watch Earthlings, actually, funny enough. He was the same one. He's, wow. he's like, um, the, I remember the words. He was like, the um he's like you know people think they're so much smarter than these animals but if you watch that film they won't look all that smart to you so just because of the things that the people are doing so um exactly. yeah yeah that that's the one that that uh, eventually got me yeah one of my favorite interviews was the director of earthlings um mm -hmm. i've been able to interview some pretty cool people over the last six years and that that one and the director of game changers and uh mm. some really gets you going um Fantastic. So as far as 
your, do you have a family or do you have friends that you've also helped along the way? I think something about your dad you mm-hmm. mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, actually my dad's staying with me right now. I kicked him out while I'm doing this. So he's, <laughs> he's going, he's doing a little shopping right now, but, uh, um, he's over here for a soccer tournament. So yeah, he, he comes over a lot. My, uh, my mom comes and visits pretty often, same with my sister and they've actually all gone plant-based at this point too. Wow. Um, but it was after me, uh, mm-hmm. it, it took, I think, about five years or so after I did it, you know, so it took a little bit, it took a lot of reiterating certain things and, and, uh, you know, kind of drilling that down. And funny enough, it kind of started when we went on a trip, a family trip to California. And Mm. I think my dad had the idea or maybe I challenged them to it. I don't remember, Mm. but like, basically they wanted me to order all their food for the the trip. So something like that happened. I can't remember how it came about. Um, and so they actually just ate like me for that period. And then it, it kind of stuck, although they didn't, when they returned home, they weren't strictly plant-based at that point. They were kind of vegetarian, uh, for a while, but eventually they got there. Oh, that's fantastic. So some of the, you know, the concerns that patients bring up on a regular basis, cause I've been plant-based myself for 10 years and using it in practice means I've been a doctor for a couple of decades now. And so What's interesting was uh, the recurring themes. Uh, social structure is difficult, right? If you have a spouse or children who don't want to partake or you're at work and it's difficult or you're traveling. So what are some of your most common complaints and what is your recommendations for helping people solve those type of problems? I think the social thing is a big one. Um, for travel at this point, I don't see it as a huge issue. Sometimes people just need a few tips around how to order, you know, at, at say restaurants if they're out and about. Um, but that's a pretty easy one. I think social situations are the toughest because, you know, you're, you're automatically the minority, uh, in mm-hmm. most cases, um, you know, people will start asking questions and especially if you're new to it, you might not be all that educated on how to answer all these questions. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. normal. That's actually what I think one of the reasons that I was so driven to try to learn as much as I can about all this stuff was because I was just constantly, especially through school, I was bombarded with stuff all the time. And it was some fringe comment someone might make about some topic that doesn't even matter, but I didn't know how to answer it, you know, it, it, and those sorts of things kind of drove me nuts. Um, but, but when it comes to those social situations, I think there's a couple ways to go about it. In those early stages, for starters, don't beat yourself up. If you want to stick to a 90% plant-based diet, that's great. You're, you're so much better off than you were if you were, you know, at your kind of standard. Second, I think it's actually really good to, to maybe speak up in those earlier um, days. So I, speaking from example, when, um, or from personal experience, when I was um, visiting my family out in California, and this is when my, fa- my parents kind of first transitioned towards the plant-based diet, I would always be the one be like, oh, sorry, I, I'm not having that because, you know, I'm, I don't eat <laughs> animal products. Um, and I'd explain why. And then, you know, the next time we go, they actually have plant-based options. If I hadn't spoken up that first time, that wouldn't happen. So there's that little bit of discomfort, maybe um, having to speak up and having to be that, that person um, (laughs) during, during that first kind of uh, meal out with, with certain individuals. Um, But I think that, you know, especially if they're good friends or, you know, close family and that they'll be receptive to it. And, you know, maybe next time they'll make sure to have some options there. And if not, you can always bring something, make it like potluck style too, right? You can bring something to share and, um, and, you know, maybe you'll get other people on board with eating a little more plants. So there are a few ways to go about it. It really depends on the relationships that each individual has with those around them. Um, so it's not like a one size fits all, but I, I think there are a lot of ways to go about it. 
So what is your recommendation for when there's a spouse uh, conflict or older children um, in the home that are really struggling? What, what would be your suggestion? So are, are you saying like the, say a mother let's, or father's trip? Yeah, let's say mom is uh, coming in and she's, she's like, I want to go plant-based. This is a very common occurrence, um, but maybe the husband doesn't want to, or maybe the husband wants to, and the wife doesn't, or, mm-hmm. you know, they have kids that don't. So, cause my kids were 13, 15 and 18 when I went to a plant-based diet 10 years ago. And luckily everyone in my husband was very you know, amendable to that. And they're all plant-based. My daughter's a physician and she's plant-based, my boys, but you know, it's just, I'm curious what your recommendations are. Cause I, I find that that's a recurring issue as well. Um, like, so what do we do with this? You know, sometimes there's some serious conflict. Yeah. Um, in that, that is tough. And I haven't ever dealt with that. You know, my, my partner's vegan, which is great for, for me. Of it makes it helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes it a lot easier, but, um, one of the things that I've worked with some people on is, you know, making meals that are very, that, that are sort of things you put together, right? Things that are very easy to substitute. So if you're making wraps, for example, or burritos, yeah, maybe your, your partner, your kids want the beef, but you can just have some beans, super easy to swap. The rest of it, you just throw in there. Uh, same can go with like, if you're making some burgers, you have your you know, whole wheat bun, you have your regular patty, you have your black bean patty, you throw your veggies on there, really easy. Um, for, for bowls and things, you can do the same thing. You throw tofu on one, you throw chicken on another. It, it's, um, so it's kind of trying to learn how to, to make those meals that maybe aren't, like, you know, you're making a lasagna. You can't really substitute out the meat for, the, for lentils or something if you wanted some of that sort of substance in there. It's a little bit tougher to do. You could try to divide it up and, and that, but, um, but things that you can just toss together, I, I find to be really helpful in that sense. And Mm-hmm. Um, and as the kids grow up, maybe they'll, they'll be making their own meals a little bit more too. So, um, that can help, but that is one of the more challenging issues I would say. Mm. And then let's say you have someone who is coming to their doctor, right? And so this is another question because, you know, they may see you for a particular thing or see someone else. What is your recommendations for that patient whose doctor may actually may be pushing back? Um, cause I've certainly seen that as well in as far as like, how do, should they speak to their doctor? What, what would you recommend there? Just some thoughts. So that, that is a tough one. That is something that I do deal with. Like I've had, I've had patients whose oncologists told them to avoid soy and, and, and things like that. Like it happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in those cases, I would just, and maybe you have to be comfortable advocating yourself, but I would just ask why, you know, like mm-hmm. have them explain it. Why, why is that a concern? And oftentimes I don't think there's a really good answer there because I, I'm fortunate that when I see patients, I have a lot of time with them. So mm-hmm. for an initial visit, I'll book an hour for follow-ups. Sometimes I'll do 15, but I often do 30 minutes. And so if someone has a concern about things like soy or just plant-based diets and a specific issue in general, I'll sit down, I'll, I'll open my Google doc with my you know thousands of articles and we'll go through some of them and I'll explain in depth you know why this is or is not the case. And often they're very receptive to that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that question of just like, why, why is that a concern? Why are you recommending that? I mean, you can always ask, you can ask that for anything. It doesn't have to be nutrition related. You should always be able to ask that, um, and, and hopefully get an answer out of it. And if you're not getting a very good answer out of it, maybe that's just not their area of expertise and that's okay. You can maybe talk to someone who has more knowledge in that area, whether it be a dietitian or, or whoever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that kind of be my advice around it. Perfect. That's yeah, that's, that's excellent always advocate for yourself. Patients, they just don't, right? So many times they just 
do whatever is recommended and they don't understand what's going on. And yeah, absolutely. That's definitely cool. So what are some of your favorite resources? Speaking of, you know, your Google sheets and everything, I see some <laughs> books back there. What, is, what are your favorite things to recommend to patients? Um, oh, I love the, uh, so this is specific to say cholesterol lowering. I love the portfolio diet handout from, I think, University of Toronto or whatever, the David Jenkins design. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I use that all the time. Um, I love uh, actually, where is it? Right up there, uh, Simon's book, Plant Proof. It's a little, you know, denser, of course. If someone really wants to dive in, I think he does an excellent job uh, highlighting a lot of that. And I really like his uh, new high protein meal plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so for athletes, uh, if people are looking to to um, really maximize nutrition and, and for athletic performance and that, I often recommend that. Um, for myself and for other clinicians, I like the PCRM nutrition guide for clinicians. Um, I find it not just for nutrition. Actually, I hardly honestly use it for that, uh, but it does a good breakdown of the different conditions, um, what conventional treatment is, even like dosing and that. So you can use it for, for that as well. Um, diagnostic, how to diagnose various conditions. It's just a super handy thing to have on your phone or you can buy the hard copy. Um, I'd say those are a few of my, my favorites. Oh, and I have to say Becoming Vegan by Brenda Davis. If someone wants like the textbook of how to eat a plant-based diet, that's probably the one. <laughs> Absolutely. Those are fantastic. Yeah. The PCRM, that's been around for a while uh, yeah. to help Doug. So that's, that was one of the first things I found. I was like, oh, this is like a godsend. This is fantastic. Yeah. So definitely cool. Very cool. So, you know, um, wrapping up here, closing in on half the hour is like, as far as what advice do you like to tell people who are contemplating doing this, but they're on the fence, they're not quite sure. What, what is your favorite type of advice to give to someone? Um, if, if it's just overwhelming to make that sort of a switch, I just suggest starting with a single meal. Um, I often do that with people too, who are wanting to sort of transition, but maybe don't know where to start. Let's, let's just do breakfast. I find that so easy. You've got your, you can do like a whole wheat toast. You can do oatmeal. You can do tofu scramble. If you want to make something a little bit more elaborate, uh, you can do little like parfaits with some like soy yogurt or something. I mean, there's a million different options. They're typically really easy, simple to put together and then rotate through them for two weeks, three weeks, take a month if you need, you know, it doesn't matter. And, uh, and once you've kind of gotten a routine with that, okay, we can put that aside. Let's move on to lunch and we'll do the same thing with dinner. Like it doesn't have to be overnight. Uh, just take it one step at a time. Perfect. That's excellent. I, that's a very common advice and I love it because it's yeah. really simple to employ um, in manageable and sustainable. So very good. Um, excellent. Well, thank you again. And everyone, where can you, can you tell us where to find you? Of course, those links will be in the, the show notes, but could you verbalize that for mm-hmm. us in case people are just listening? Yeah, um, I have a website, uh, drmatthewniagara.com. I also am on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. So if people want to follow me for the content I put out, that's probably the place to do it. But I'm also on Twitter and I get into some uh, discussions on there as well around nutrition and then on Facebook. And I see you laughing about discussions because yeah, half the time it ends in debate. But anyways. I uh, avoid Twitter <laughs> just for that reason. <laughs> but I, I like Twitter because a lot of the researchers are on there. So to actually be able to directly communicate with them, I think is, is great. And, and they can often elaborate on things. So it has its pros and cons for sure. Absolutely. In your 140 character discussions. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again. Um, and super excited because you gave some very solid advice. So guys, share this with people who might be interested. Um, if you have any questions, of course, you can reach out to you on those various social media and your website as well, which we'll share. So thank you again for your time today. Thanks for having me on. 
Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go though, please hit the subscribe and alert buttons so you don't miss out on any of the amazing content we're working so hard to provide you. We upload a new episode of Health & Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus every Friday. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find us on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. If you're looking for amazing resources to help you start and sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, or anything wellness, we got you covered there too. Because at Mora, we actually provide physician-led support groups to help people live happier, healthier lives free of metabolic disease. Don't forget to check out our website at mora.com. And thanks again for watching.